1: Hello, friends. Hello. Hello. Good Um, morning, good
0: afternoon, good evening.
1: Oh, my goodness. I am Fawn. Hello, this is Michael Hart.
0: And I am Matt.
1: All right. Yes, yes. So you know how I always have, I call it nuggets of wisdom from the old neighborhood. Can I change the title to pearls of wisdom? Is that too feminine? What do you like better? Pearls of wisdom or nugget of wisdom?
0: See, nugget always makes me think of nostril nuggets. We've already talked
1: about this. Yes, yes. So should I say pearls of wisdom now? What should I call it?
0: You could just call it anything you want. Doesn't matter.
1: I'm asking you for opinion, not a wishy-washy.
0: But I have to disagree with you, so I'm oh just going to disagree with your...
1: Okay, here's the Pearl of Wisdom for today. Okay, depends on my mood. It'll be nugget or pearl, I don't know. Or
0: God knows what.
1: Either pearl or nugget. Yes, yes. Why don't you all email me and tell me which one you like, pearl or nugget. So, anywho, all right, so here's a Pearl of Wisdom from the Santa Monica days from my friends Liz and Anas. Honest was from Denmark. Or is from that. I haven't spoken to them in years. She's probably
0: still from the same place.
1: So they may have moved to Denmark. Lucky ducks. Huga. Anyway, so here is the most amazing things that I remember from them. You know how people touch you and they impart major wisdom upon you? Of course. (laughs) And it just happens naturally. So here is another one. They had two pet turtles that they got. Stop messing with the mic. I
0: can't help it. I'm fidgety.
1: Gosh. So they had two pet turtles. And their names shocked me because, you know, I'm, I'm from that area of the world that they were named after. And I'll tell you what it is in a second. Hold on. I see your face. So I was in charge of turtle sitting them sitting them, I don't know what you call it.
0: Got to make sure they don't escape.
1: And first of all, they taught me so much, these little guys. They weren't so little, were but... They,
0: were they turtles or tortoises?
1: What is the difference? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but they were very rambunctious and fast. Were
0: they aquatic or were they... I don't know, but... Well, they... Did you have to put them in a bowl with water or... No. Oh, okay. No. So I think that probably makes them more of a tortoise.
1: But they ran around my photo studio like... Dogs, like they were fast. They can
0: be shockingly quick.
1: I was used to the cartoon versions of dun, turtles. Dun. No, it's not like they were very fast and very uh, sneaky mm-hmm. and rambunctious and what's the word I'm looking for? They were very fawn-like. No, they were. I don't know the word. Never mind. Okay, so the pearl of wisdom is this: what they named their turtles? They were named Iraq and Iran. And I looked at them and, you know, honest is from Denmark, so totally Caucasian, blue eyes, blonde hair, Liz, Caucasian, you know. And I'm like, guys, how did you come up with these names and why? They said, well, we want to bring peace to the Middle East and we love these guys so much. So every time we say Iran and Iraq, we're saying it with love. So we're sending a love vibration to Iran and Iraq.
0: Hmm, interesting.
1: Peace to the Middle East. Anyway, that is it. That, I think that is so beautiful. <laughs> it just makes me giggle. It gives me, you know, I know.
0: So send some love.
1: I think that's wonderful. And actually, that's really important. Because words have power, words are quite magical. The vibration, even if you break it down, every letter has a number associated with it. And numbers are energy, right? It's a code. Do you understand? Why are you looking at me like that? As a
0: programmer, I think all things are code.
1: It is, I totally agree with you now, I'm seeing it.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: I'm totally seeing how everything is math. And computer science. I'm not science. saying
0: code is not necessarily math.
1: What is it? It's, it's a bo- bunch of zeros and ones. It's
0: Boolean logic. And say, saying it's a bunch of zeros and ones fails to convey the true majesty that is.
1: Okay. Well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. <laughs> so here's a note to Iran and Iraq, Liz and Honest. Today's show, you don't even know what we're going to talk about. Are you scared? Nah. I'm just going to drop it on you. You're okay? Yeah. Really? Sure, Animal? why not? Okay, so here's, here's, hold on. Let me, let Uh me. Uh-oh,
0: she's got to find it now.
1: No, no, no. Okay, so this show, I want to talk about your first, the first time you felt the power. The first, you're taking notes? Of course I'm taking notes. I can hear you take notes. (laughs) (laughs) Your first alliance, and I'm talking friendship. What was the first friendship where you felt the power of what having that alliance does in your life? I'll give you an example. I'll I'll talk about mine first, Mm -hmm. obviously, because then maybe you can think about it while I'm talking. So the first alliance I remember having was I was in, I think it was still kindergarten. It could have been first grade, but it was in the Middle East, which is why it's hard for me to come up with what grade it was. It was a little bit different, my education. It was like, it's, guys, first of all, other countries, they're... they're
0: they probably don't call it preschool and kindergarten.
1: No. and And they're so ahead. Like, in first grade, we were learning long division. And I would travel back to the United States, and we were doing one plus one, and I thought it was just this elaborate... algebraic something I hadn't learned yet. Like one plus one. Oh my God, what? Like, you know, I couldn't couldn't imagine that they were just doing one plus one Mm -hmm. equals two. It was very confusing to me. I understand. Because it was, the schools I went to were so hard. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Anyway, and because (laughs) I was totally Americanized, even at that young, young, young age, when I was very little... We moved back and forth a little bit to try to make sense of things. Yeah, I guess, you know, the family was trying to make sense of things because you were leaving the parents behind, you know, my parents' parents and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I guess I really don't know what was going on, but I do recall that the strife was building in the Middle East, that there was a sense in the air of war, of major upheaval. And some strange, scary things were afoot, right? So things were tense. And definitely being an American and going back, and by the way, my parents just let me loose. Like, I had to take care of myself. Like, going back to this school after having been in the United States, and the regime was changing and everything, they had destroyed all my records, they... It was just a very scary situation. Okay. And and I recall not talking much because it was also an English-speaking school. And because we had moved back just temporarily to Iran, and I was like, I don't know, six years old. I was... I was a little bit shut down, so I wasn't speaking, and they were like, hey, you're American. You can't speak English. So I remember not speaking. Like, I was just too scared uh-huh. to just, I didn't want to deal. Like, there was too much for a little six-year-old to handle all by herself. Right. So there was this girl in school. First of all, you know, everybody knows by now I'm very short, and but I'm very feisty, right? I'm like... Would you call me scrappy? I I mean, you wouldn't want to get into a fight with me. I'm little, but why are you making that face?
0: I just like making faces.
1: There was this girl in school who was really, really, really skinny. And her skin, I always describe it as almost translucent. So you could see her veins, like on her arms, on her hands. She looked like a 60... No, she looked like a six-year-old body, but she looked like an 89, 98-year-old woman. Like, she looked old. Okay. Right? And she looked weak, and she was, you know, she looked weak. She was just frail. Mm -hmm. And everybody in the school teased her and called her a witch. Oh, here comes the witch. And, like, people would run away. Ouch. People like kids.
0: So there there are a-holes all over the world.
1: (laughs) So she was my first alliance. Now, I don't ever remember talking to her even, but every day we would lock eyes and we would walk towards each other and we would lock arms. So we walked across the schoolyard before the class started, before the school day started and on recess and at lunchtime. We were each other's security blankets or uh, we were the alliance and when we walked arm in arm it's like the seas parted on the playground all these all these rude jerky MFers, they couldn't wouldn't they wouldn't dare say anything to us and i think they were afraid of me because I'm not sure at that point if I had, if I had already beaten up Oh, oh I had beaten oh, up dear. a couple guys, you know. Again, a
0: couple folks.
1: A couple. One I knocked out unconscious.
0: Anyways, <laughs> let's But let's not deal with the blowback. Blow.
1: Well, I mean, I had to take care of myself. I understand
0: that, but, you know, let's try and keep the violence to a minimum on the show.
1: Okay. So, I just remember what it felt like to walk arm in arm seeing the respect we got from people because we were powerful together nothing could stop us it was peaceful and we both sensed i think she sensed it too like this amazing harmony and peace and comfort and home in each other's friendship and we got through the day and i'm telling you that was a hard school that was it was a very strict english school like english like british school very very strict And they had no qualms about like punishment, like taking pencils in between your fingers and squeezing really hard. They, they would just beat you up. (laughs) The teachers, right? And don't forget about, don't forget
0: about being in the corner.
1: Oh my God. So yeah, in kindergarten, if you didn't follow the rules right, the teacher, her name was Mrs. Mimi, Miss Mimi. Mimi. Oh my God. Yeah. She was a meanie. But apparently, somehow, I was one of her favorites, and she would pick her favorite person, and first of all, take your the fluffiest coat during the winter time, and you would have the honor of her taking your coat and putting it on her chair and sitting on it the whole day. And that pissed oh, me off royally, because I've always been a neat freak, mm-hmm. and the thought of her butt all day on my winter coat mm-hmm. really pissed me off, and maybe that explains some of the rage I had it it contributed to some of the rage <laughs> <laughs> but as far as the waste paper basket so they would make kids go in the corner And take the waste paper basket and put it on top of their heads, even if there was trash in it.
0: And that would be uh, upside down on top of their heads, right?
1: Yeah, you'd have to stand in the corner.
0: (laughs) So like, like the man in the iron mask, just boom, there you go with God knows what in there.
1: Oh my God. And hopefully
0: most of the stuff fell out, but still.
1: So imagine my shock when I would come back to the United States and I was traumatized. And I had the nicest teachers. Like I couldn't believe my good fortune. I loved my teachers in first, second, and third grade, especially. but mm-hmm. like, they're still teaching me in my head. so that that is my first alliance story. Like that taught me the power of friendship, just the feeling of friendship, that that sense of together, mm-hmm. you can do anything. You can fight racial injustice. You can fight economic injustice. And I shouldn't use the word fight, I should say. That you're able to overcome any obstacle or any hurt in front of you together. That is why I wanted to start this friendly movement because I've found that our society, I've noticed over the few decades, has really deteriorated as far as people really being together in neighborhoods and continuing in-person friendships. Walking arm in arm, it is incredibly powerful. And I wonder why It has disappeared and why we've become so disconnected. And if I were to be a conspiracy theorist, I would have like bizarre theories about it because wouldn't you want a docile population that feels like they have no say in anything and there's no way they can do anything because you're just feeling like, well, what can I do? But when you have friends together, you can create great beauty and peace and strength together and have a kinder, more compassionate world. Stronger world. True. Do you have have a first alliance story?
0: Oh my goodness. Okay, but
1: but keep in mind, so my my point is, the first time that you felt what friendship really does for you, the power of a union, the power of a bond, that makes you feel invincible.
0: Right. Right. I got you. Now my, I didn't go from place to place, country to country, et cetera, et cetera. Boring, theoretically boring, suburban life. My parents still live in the same house they lived in when I was, when I were a lad, kindergarten, preschool, these things are just blurs to me. I don't have any huge thing going on. And yes, I had friends along the way, Uh, I think I started with lots of friends and pared it down and pared it down. But I want to say the first time I really was conscious of that feeling of the invincibility would have been, this would have been in high school. So in high school, um, so uh, yeah, lots of shared experiences with these guys. But what initially drew us together was music we enjoyed the same music and we were very much in a minority at our school as far as enjoying the music and oh dear my secret shame not really we were both in high school band yes indeed
1: what do you mean both first you said there were a few of you well yes no, there were both. there were
0: a few of us but so i'm I'm, I'm honing now in on one in particular um, he played drums, which of course is cool. You can deal with that, but I played trumpet. Definitely uncool, but that's a whole other story. Welcome to the world of familial obligations. But anyways, so.
1: I'm sorry to interrupt. Did you play the trumpet because of your grandfather? Was I played the that, trumpet did play?
0: because of my dad said. Uh, did you I say trumpet p- or drums? Trumpet. Trumpet. Uh, because he said, you got to play something.
1: Mm. Absolutely. So you picked it.
0: No, I I think I was assigned it.
1: See, that I just find that weird because even back then, you were a hardcore metal guy.
0: Uh, this was junior high school. This was before. This was the before time. I started in like seventh grade mm-hmm. and then eighth grade. And then, of course, and then in as it turns out, being in high school band, man, I get to ditch PE, which I was not tremendously keen on doing. So... Yeah. We went bowling and skating instead. It was a whole other story. I don't even want to get into first, it.
1: I hated running track. They made you run around the track. That's when That that was the first time in my life I said, nuts to this. You're not going to make me do anything. This is my body. I'm not going to run. <laughs> 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 I ended up getting on the cycling team instead. I, I can't stand running. Nice. It's not for everybody. Anyways. Run. Okay, go ahead.
0: Yes. So this was past the time where I actually had a license. So we were driving out and about and going to interesting places. And anyways, so my buddy happened to be Hispanic. No big deal. But he, and I was living in LA and he wanted to take me through parts of East LA. He wanted me to experience going to, there was a supermarket. I think it was called Tiangas, but that's what he called it. It's not how it was spelled. So it's a whole other thing. But he was like, we're going to take you. And it was him and his younger brother and his sister, younger sister, but stay close to us the whole time because they're very Hispanic. I'm not very Hispanic.
1: You're very white.
0: And so it felt like the whole time I drove, but it felt like the whole time we were there that they were, all, they were so present around me and making sure that nothing interesting was going to happen to me. Which is interesting if you think about it, and it was it was completely mellow. Everybody was completely delightful. Newsflash:
1: I always think about it. The other extreme, I'm always the non-white person feeling like I gotta take care of business, <laughs> right? At any moment, maybe. So
0: I just I had my secret service around me taking care of me, and it was fun. It was interesting. I saw I saw things that my my poor little like 16 year old old brain exploded. And it was it was a good time. What did you see? I don't remember now. What? Seriously,
1: it made your brain go, brain go but you yes, don't remember. But I don't remember. What? Can you describe the feeling? Like, what was it?
0: Uh, it was. It was just how like things are just different. Like there were these lollipops that had like they were shaped in a cone shape and they had different colors all the way up. And there's this sponge sugary. I think it's spun sugary thing that exists. And it was like I. I want to say it was like a snowflake and, and of course. Oh, my God, everything was in Spanish.
1: <laughs> you see, this is why travel is so important. It's very bizarre that at you had to wait until 16 to experience some other cultures. And I know you always say, oh, I was raised in a multicultural neighborhood. But yes. when you tell me that, I laugh because I'm like, really? Yes. <laughs> no. Yes. Okay. Thank you.
0: See, that's that's my rebuttal. Yes. Yes.
1: I'm just not going to fight today. Go ahead. Finish your story.
0: That's my story. I just felt. That
1: is your story. That is
0: my story. And I'm sticking to it.
1: Okay. That's the end of the show. Okay. Thanks, (laughs) folks. Are you serious? Thanks, folks. (laughs) Maybe I should tell you what we're going to discuss during the show.
0: (laughs) Okay, I mean, that was first. You want to talk about the next time or the next time? Well,
1: or? I just feel for me, that was the first time I felt that bond. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What what word can I use for it? It's not a bond. It was the alliance. And I know alliance refers to, I don't know, it reminds me of war. And I don't want to be like that. I want to bring war into it because it was, it was, it was all love, even though I, I talk about the bullies and. I beat some other kids up, but (laughs) don't mess with the fawn. Don't mess with the buck. Is that a football team? It's a basketball team. Don't mess with the buck. The bucks. Is that a basketball team? You don't, you don't follow basketball. I don't
0: really follow basketball. I would hope I would know all the team names. I don't, but I'd like to think I did, but no, I can't think. The
1: bucks. And
0: there's, you know, it could be a, could be high school, could be college, could be.
1: No, it's, it's not. It's like, Professional, professional. Fair enough. I saw it on TV a couple weeks ago. So it must be a few true. weeks ago. They were the first ones to play. Um, okay. having come out of I'll take your word for it. I'm not quarantine. I'm, I'm not a okay. big basketball fan. Well neither am I, but they were on the news. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I guess you can talk about a second one, but for me that first one was it. I was like, right. Oh my God, this is this is this is one of the major things. It how powerful friendship is and how it can change mm-hmm. everything right
0: right and and honestly that's absolutely true uh again going back to to high school just you know that feeling you would have at the beginning of the day when you connect with your mates you know there's just a sense of validation empowerment et cetera. Et cetera. and then of course <clears throat> we had to be super cool because we were like yeah, super like into our music and super into being tough. And I was very angry at that point, And I think they were too. And there was just that certain sense of, you know, walking down the halls and straight line, you know, a line of breast and just feeling cool, got our swagger on, et cetera, et cetera. And we would just literally kind of do laps. It was kind of almost sad in a way. And everybody else was like chilling at their lockers and whatever, but we wanted to see everything. And that, that was a very powerful experience as well. But I want to say the problem is, is I was always reasonably cocooned. Um, I was too. As far as like around friends and things. So it was only in those instances where I was disconnected from that for a while or thrown into a completely different experience or environment that really makes me think about feeling empowered because I think I I was always feeling reasonably empowered in as much as I could because I was in this weird state where like I'd hang out with my friends before school then I go to my first class which none of my friends were in I go to my second class none of my friends were in and then snack hanging out with my friends and then so I always had that sense of togetherness and apartness
1: it sounds kind of boring to me yeah, I have but to say. But you know what? It makes sense. Not to disrespect what you're saying. But. But it makes sense why I feel so dramatic and you're so level headed. Because from an early age, I was exposed to uh, political strife and um, really seeing major injustice and danger. Right. And moving from one country to another and one school to another, extreme culture shock. Mm -hmm. Having to take care of things on my own. Right. Even at that age, you know, like, you know, I say I had to beat up some guys. (laughs) Some. Well, the last one I remember beating up was this little boy in class who would constantly kiss me and it was a disgusting like all over my face kiss like i felt slobber spit all over my face so like a dog it was gross Mm -hmm. a dog feels good this was just it was (laughs) unwanted you know even back then at Mm -hmm. age six i was like this is not okay right so i would raise my hand and tell the teacher and the response, and this is the thing, it even happened in the United States. Whenever I fought for, not fought for, but if I would raise my hand or, or acknowledge there's something unjust happening, right? I would either get standards or get ignored. So I, from an early age knew that I had to, I had to change things by myself, unfortunately, that I had no other recourse i had no other help out there mm-hmm. it was up to me right and i still very much feel like this so i feel like i understand how you and i are so different and i'm still boggled by how you and i are married because we're such opposites <laughs> god knows what other people who look at us and who who hear us what they're thinking right but what was i saying we like having so,
0: spirited debates
1: We don't like it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure the neighbor doesn't like it all the time. Uh, Probably not. God knows what he hears downstairs. Anyway, so what this boy kept kissing me and I would raise my hand and tell the teacher. And in front of the whole class, she would say, oh, that's so cute. He loves you. And I remember the last time she said that, or it was the first and last time she said it like that. I just got quiet. And you know, you know me when I get quiet. You better hold on to dear life because if I'm quiet, she's coming for we're you. about to have a misunderstanding. So I waited until recess because you know, I remember putting my hand down as soon as she said that because my hand was up. I'm like, teacher, he won't stop kissing me. It's not OK. I don't like it. Look at this spit. She's like, oh, it's so cute. I put my hand down and I remember just staring at her. God knows what my face looked like. I would have been scared of me. (laughs) I waited for recess and I went to this wall. It was kind of private, but I made eye contact with the kid. He was playing around on the playground and he saw me look at him and he got all excited. So I motioned with my finger, come over here. And I, I think I smiled. And so he came over like so excited and I grabbed him, and I pummeled him. I beat him up, and he ran away crying. So some time goes on, and we're at recess now. we're with our friends, and I'm with my friend who I started the show off with the one that was very thin. now we all had we we had a bunch of friends, so we were like in our little circle, talking, waiting for the school bell to ring. And here comes the guy rubbing his head and crying, like still sniffling, like, (laughs) you know. And he was there with his sister, who was, I think, a sixth grader, Mm -hmm. right? So we were like, I don't know, first grade, six years old. So here's a sixth grader coming, (laughs) holding on to her brother. She's like, who did this to my brother? I know it was one of you. And I just looked at them. I don't don't care. I wasn't going to say a word. Right. She looks at my little friend, the skinny one that I was telling you guys about, and she <laughs> points at her and says, You, I know you did it. And I was thinking, Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so nothing happened. She just, it was, well, that's just, good. no, no, she, she was all, what do you call it? Uh, she was. Uh, not serious. You know, I knew she wasn't going to do anything. Because mm-hmm. there was no way I was going to let my friend take the fall. But nothing happened. It was just a, what do you call it? Like a blank threat.
0: An empty threat. An empty threat. Blank threat. So
1: a few, I don't remember if it was a few weeks oh, after that. But I was invited to this kid's birthday party. And <sighs> I don't know how it works here. But back then, the moms just put together the the list well
0: no this is what happens when you're young for sure you, you invite every kid in the class or you invite the boys in the class or like I was part of a YMCA group with a bunch of little kids in it and so they were all invited whatever little league team pick take your pick
1: so basically what I'm the story I'm telling you all is the opposite of friendship. I'm so sorry. But since we talk about all things related in life. I'm just gonna tell you the story anyway.
0: Did you bring him a box of crisp mountain air?
1: So listen, what does that mean?
0: Means an empty box.
1: No. He got a nice <laughs> present. I don't remember what it was. What? I didn't buy it. My <gasps> my, my my mom did it. Man, throw it out before you cope. I remember come. it was a big heavy box too. I don't know what was in oh, it. Oh man. <clears throat> so And I had to wear this dress, and I remember the feeling of the dress. It was, uh, what do you call it? It's not velvet, but it has the stripes. uh, Velcro? Velcro?
0: No. Uh, Velvet? Satin?
1: No, but like corduroy. Like, you remember those corduroy Uh. pants? But it was a very fancy dress my mom had sewn, and it was yellow with white flowers on it. It was like a corduroy dress. Okay. But it was this very foo-foo dress Mm -hmm. that I was in. Mm -hmm. And I remember knocking on his door and there were all these kids inside and everybody was having a great time. It was a beautiful party, but he opened the door and he was, (laughs) he had the biggest smile on his face. And as soon as he, it's his big day. Yeah. It was, you know, yeah. He opened the door and when he saw it was me, the smile just got wiped in a nanosecond I, off of his face. I
0: take it he wasn't kissing you at that point.
1: Oh, no. He stayed away from me from that from Oh, i stayed stay point. away from you, too. So he saw me, the smile, in, in a nanosecond. I'm telling you. I've never seen something disappear that fast. <laughs> and he ran away screaming.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: And here comes his sister and his mom. They're like, oh, I forgot to tell you. When she was accusing us at the playground, not us, but my friend, she turned to me and said, I know you didn't do it because my brother loves you. And I was still quiet. So I guess he never told anybody. He didn't snitch on me either because wow. he was afraid to. But his mother and his sister, they they were like, oh, hi. Yay. Come on in. And I realized, oh, they don't know. <laughs> and that's all I remember is that.
0: Did you have a good time at the party?
1: That's I just told you that's all I remember. Oh, okay. My memory shuts down after that point. Okay.
0: Fair enough. Yep.
1: Isn't that terrible? Isn't it weird? Because I'm all I am really well, aside from the martial arts, I am all about peace.
0: <laughs> aside from the martial arts.
1: <laughs> and love. And then when you get me in martial arts, I wanna break stuff.
0: Except for an Aikido.
1: Do you think I'm a violent person?
0: I think everyone needs to release Tensions, frustrations. Now, me personally, I like to think that I communicate them, but then again, sometimes I hold on to them. That's not good either. That's not good.
1: I tend to okay. So I can get really down on myself and you know think about what an awful person you must be, Vaughn, to, to to have done that. But I take those two instances mm-hmm. and a third one in seventh grade, but. I take those and I realize that anyone can be pushed to their limits, and ooh, how you react in an unjust situation—it's—it's it's human nature. Right. But I learned to really channel my anger, and my rage, and the feeling of injustice. Hmm. So, luckily, from an early age, and I didn't get into too much trouble. I actually didn't get into any trouble aside from seventh grade. I got lots of trash pickup, but <laughs> it taught me, it taught me one, how precious life is because mm-hmm. you can destroy somebody so quickly.
0: Yes, for sure.
1: And I also learned my own ability, my own tendencies too. even though I, I, I Love is what guides me. Even I will have emotions like that. And to, to just recognize that. And once you do, I think that it, you can achieve some sort of harmony if you're honest with yourself and say, you know what? I can go there and choose not to. Mm-hmm. You know, choose a different way. Am I making any sense?
0: Yeah, no, 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 no. And, and yeah, Aikido is about walking your path and making sure nothing disturbs that, but also taking care of those who would attempt to change your path. I don't know. Maybe I'm not making sense.
1: No, you make sense. I just feel bad. I'm starting to feel bad all over again. Uh-oh. Yeah. I. I you know, looking back on it, it's a story that I tell. Mm-hmm. And every time I tell it, then I start to feel shaky. Like I'm not... Knowing all the stuff that... Was coming at me as a six year old. Right. I just feel bad now that I'm a parent, also, that Mm -hmm. thinking this six year old had so much pressure at home, not feeling supported in any way. Right. And look what can happen. So we need to support each other.
0: Yes, always. We need to, we need to seek out and people people do try i think i firmly believe people do communicate their deepest pains it may be subtly it may be slyly and if you're but if you're paying attention you can pick up on it and you can ask the questions
1: yeah because people aren't going to say anything they don't even realize they're feeling it i wasn't realizing all the anguish i had i didn't i didn't realize i had rage at six years old i was constantly pushed to the limit at home and at school and just in the political environment that I was thrown in. Right. I didn't realize it. And when you're in the thick of it, you don't understand that you're in pain. Because it feels normal.
0: Right. It's, it's the new Until you get normal. a break.
1: Until you get a Until break from a break. it.
0: Exactly. Which takes me back to when I felt I had the alliance or I had power or I was invincible or any of the rest of that kind of stuff. Because I was very blessed and cocooned by that. As a boy,
1: that's a, actually now that I think about it, cocooned is a beautiful way to describe it. A friendship is a cocoon where you can grow into what you're supposed to be in a safe environment. You're protected, right? Within this friendship, within this circle, with, right? And the thing is, I feel like we're losing that. And that's what I want to change is I want the art of friendship to come back. I want people to realize, you know, we've all been disconnected. Come back and don't judge so much. Everybody's in pain. Don't judge it. Let's just let's just be together and and offer comfort.
0: Well, I would say more than just let's be, but let's Let's provide a safe space for our friends to express the oh, things they comfort. need to. And then in return, they will provide you a safe space so you can communicate the things you need to communicate. Because, you know, everybody has ugly thoughts. Everybody at times like, I I vehemently dislike my boss or I, I was upset getting cut off on the road today or any of the rest of that kind of stuff, or I'm very troubled by the news or or, or, or or and having that space to communicate.
1: And right now, I think by just looking at people and just feeling them, because I don't think... We, I think we're in a situation where you, there are no words. I think people have stopped talking. Maybe they're shouting, but the conversations aren't really there.
0: Right, and and that, I think, is coming from the fact that true or false... Irrelevant at this point if I am not feeling heard then I Need to be hurt. So I'm gonna scream. I'm gonna temper tantrum. I'm going to Play with the law and get what I want done and You know, especially if there's nothing you can do about it niner 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 versus really pondering what we can do as a society as a group to make things better for everyone it's about me and mine because in the past when i felt the injustice it was directed at me personally is how it feels true or false uh, you know whether or not that's true or false i feel that and unfortunately at some point i identify that and i own that and it's 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 the it's it's a ferocious struggle to let go of that
1: yeah it's true. I mean, especially when you go through stuff, you end up feeling less of a human. You're treated, you feel like you're treated, and you are, in most cases, treated less than human.
0: And also, you are generally alone, or you feel alone.
1: Absolutely. So Isolated. Yes. It's a horrible feeling. Right.
0: And at that point in time, you want to strike back at the whole mother-effing world.
1: I just took whatever target was coming at me and i shut it down right but it
0: didn't matter what the target was because yeah no no no. i feel like when when i (laughs) when i were latin had all my anger you know yes i struck out at individuals but it was me it was only because i couldn't you know punch the whole world in the nose
1: do you think it felt like the whole world because it was mainly people that were in control of you like parents
0: and and well it was was a little bigger for me but it was also just a case of you know everybody who theoretically had respect that i could see in the world that was you know that was the interesting issue you know
1: wait explain that i don't understand well,
0: you know, call it clergy, call it teachers, call it school counselors. You
1: call had respect it. for these people. No,
0: no, no. These people had respect.
1: Oh, I see. From
0: the world, they had power. They had okay. Call it power. I wouldn't necessarily say they had power because they, they were an authority. They, they were the authorities. They attempted to uh, dominate or have power over me, and but I would I would lash out at that.
1: They were the authorities, though. Yeah, you lash out.
0: We're we're in we're in semantic land, so let's get right. away from there. Okay. But uh, but yeah.
1: How can we turn this around? This is precisely what's happening these days. So how can we turn that around? Because well, we can't go and beat people up. <laughs> well, well, Although we can, people have but, been.
0: But it's but tricky. It's
1: it's it's very complicated. How can you be heard?
0: Right. And and it's about it's about trying to focus in on what I can do for me.
1: And here's the issue. If you don't have a society where friends are a thing, like real, for real friends, not talking Facebook friends, someone who can get your back and like feel your sweater, you know, like touch your shoulder. Mm-hmm. When don't have these people. When you don't have these people, you tend to lash out. That's why making sure that we develop bonds with one another and really, I want to say interviewing, but going out and just starting to talk to people and finding common ground so you can just find an alliance for making life happier. Someone you can take a break with, have some fun with, even if it's just a superficial friendship where you're just having fun. Right. You know, we always talk about, uh, the three ways of friendship, the Aristotle, Nicomachean Mm -hmm. ethics, right? Right. Sometimes you just need that friend for fun. Right. If you can't find your true, true friend who loves you for who you are and that's it, that's your true friend. Sometimes you find someone you can just play badminton with.
0: Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, no. And, and, you know, for me, it's about, um, I have I have many sayings, I love sayings and some of them are pithy and some of them are not, but one of my key ones is have fun every day. Do something to have fun every day. Not necessarily something that scares you every day because that but seems together, a little intense. But together. But find Hold somebody up. part of having fun for me personally is when I learn some new concept or I learn some new, you know, piece of history. And and in a solitary world which we're becoming more and more of, that can be enough, but it's not enough on like a weekly basis. I need contact with, with real people.
1: That is not enough. What I'm trying to say is we need touch. And I'm not talking sex. See, I'm not disagreeing with you no, either. No, but you're saying you're, you're not. You're
0: not letting me finish my thought. I said on a weekly basis... I need more than that on a daily basis. I don't necessarily, but on a weekly basis, I need more than that. I need the human connection. We're social animals, people. We are animals. We are social animals. This is how we've survived for hundreds of thousands of years. Because I need somebody to watch my back when I sleep, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I need somebody to flush out the buffalo so I can, I can, you know, use my spear or whatever, whatever the heck it was way back in the day. But we are inter. We are interdependent so to me the key is is i'm gonna make it ultimately speaking when i when i connect with people which again weekly basis or multiple times a week basis yes i'm going to make i'm going to be a good host i'm going to make them feel comfortable because in return they're going to make me feel comfortable and if they don't then obviously we're not friends and we're not connecting we're not a million other things but
1: and that is so achievable. I mean, even now that we are in a global pandemic, I have had some really deep major spirit talks. Like I'll, I'll text some friends and I, I'll say, I need a spirit meeting right now. And we'll call each other and we'll figure things out. And it's just, I want to say, just as good as being there in person, getting an actual embrace physically, because we'll be on the phone for almost an hour figuring it out. And I feel, like you said, so cocooned and taken care of. Right. And it's reciprocal because they'll end up talking about something also on their end that I have the capacity to help with. Right.
0: Be empathic on.
1: And so it is possible. We need to do that. And there was something else I wanted to say. I just don't remember right now. Did you have any other thing to say until I remember what I was going to say?
0: Of course. I always do. Silly. For me i i have different i have different groups of friends i've always managed to segment out my friends which is weird but anyways and i connect with different segments on different days or different weeks or different whatevers and we you know we all catch each other up and we all share our feelings we all share how we're doing and the things we're concerned about the things we're not concerned about so you know i do get that connection and we'll we'll use one of these video things or whatever because obviously in today's day and age you mean zoom uh, maybe it's zoom maybe it's teams maybe it's etc cetera, etc cetera. but uh, the mechanism is irrelevant it's the it's the it's the connections that we have to one another that are real turns out that's extremely important on a frequent basis and i'm, I'm very blessed that this does happen now i don't have Heart-to-heart hour-long spiritual talks like when I talk I have I have one friend. We only talk via phone I haven't seen him in years now, but uh, yeah We just we just talk about the usual kind of BS and then anything that's super important obviously Rises right up to the top, but we just normally talk sports and stuff But again, it's the connecting with people It's about making sure that all of my friends feel safe to communicate anything they need to etc etc. That's very important and then, of course, at work, you know, I become closer and closer to the people I work with. And, yeah, I've actually heard from one of them that he is definitely feeling the isolation is getting to him more than a little bit. And so I'm being more in contact with him and and making sure that he's feeling more and more comfortable sharing. And I'm sharing. And it, it's, it's, yeah, it's all very nice. To me, the key about people in temper tantrums like when you're in the before time, as I like to call it, in the before time, when you saw somebody lashing out, getting angry, getting frustrated, yelling, raising their voice, acting like a child, you know, you really need to to look at that person and have an understanding that not everybody, people have a hard time always being kind of a-holes.
1: Hurt people hurt.
0: and And hurt people hurt others for sure. Um, And you have to realize that, first of all, you have to see this person as a person and start to understand the whys of it. Why are they acting this way? What led them to this place? And, you know, of course, there are those times where that's not going to work. But I think in general, people have bad days. And people have bad days for a number of reasons and you need to you need to have more compassion for them.
1: I think these days it goes beyond that. I know. Like talking to your folks yesterday, they're set in their ways and if you try to just tell them your personal story, your personal point of view, they jump down your throat and say, "I disagree." I'm like, "Excuse me, I'm telling you my experience and my feeling." Right. And there's no And then they'll say how old they are and they can't change because of their age. And I'm thinking, yeah, but you've been this way your whole life. (laughs) So why, why couldn't you be, why weren't you at age 25 or whatever age, younger, why weren't you open then? You've always been so rigid. And just because something's written in the law, you take that as the word of the universe. You know, and there's no there's no talking to some people. So you have to walk away. But the thing is, how can we walk away? And this was when I talked about what I always talk about is we can't walk away if we're all in the same society and we've walked walked away so much that now we're two different split ends and we still need to work together. So how is that going to happen? It's a big issue.
0: It is. For sure.
1: There's no talking anymore. Well. Because everybody's stuck in their ways. And I try, I see that and I try not to be, even though I firmly disagree with the C.R.A.P. that's thrown. Like, I just cannot understand the inhumaneness of people's point of view. I don't understand, you know, and I'm trying to give them a platform for them to talk to me, to, to let me understand their point of view. Right. It doesn't help because as much as I'm trying to be like bamboo and bend and listen and totally understand where they're coming from, Mm -hmm. in the end, I disagree with them. And because they won't even hear what I'm trying to say, there's it's going to take forever. Like you said, maybe they'll hear it later on when I'm not there. Right. Maybe I did make uh, myself heard a little bit and they'll maybe pierce them a tiny little bit. Right. But my God, I feel like there's no time, folks. Come on. How can we become bamboo when we have been so rigid? And I'm saying we, I'm being very, very nice because I am bamboo right now, but I feel like all these other people aren't. And I know that if you're not bamboo, then you snap.
0: Right, and in the storm.
1: Yeah, but it doesn't seem like they're snapping. It seems like they're taking over.
0: <laughs> right, right. Well, um, I think it's it's important to always keep communication open. I think that you never know where things are going to go. And it may be that you'll see at some point your point of view was wrong and you'll come around to a different point of view altogether. My point of view is not wrong. Oh, dear.
1: It's not.
0: My point of view changes very frequently.
1: What I'm thinking about in my head, and I don't want to get into politics too much here, my point of view of all life is precious and we need to respect each other and respect each other's cultures and color of skin and all that. That's not going to change, Dude, so I'm not.
0: I, whoa, whoa, whoa! That's what I'm talking okay. about in my
1: head. So, I draw the line at some racist stuff. Right,
0: and I, and I agree with that aspect of things.
1: So th- I'm sorry. When we're talking, this is what I'm thinking about. Yeah, I'm always thinking I'm about race. I'm not there. Yeah, you, know, you you have the luxury of that. I do. So anyway, it's. I mean, obviously, we're gonna need some miraculous open-hearted miracle to take place for us all to find a way to to connect to harmonize to connect
0: over pastries or
1: yeah well that's what i was thinking is you know we have to find common ground and food is a good one right but what happens after you eat the croissant You you're back at the same fight all over again. You ask about each other's children,
0: and you engage in pleasantries, is what they're called.
1: Yeah, but it's it's not. Then then you talk about fake stuff. You talk about um, just inane.
0: Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't.
1: I can't though. I can't. I can't do it anymore, Matt. I can't. I cannot carry on conversation with someone I know is extremely racist.
0: Well, yeah, that's a whole other story. Especially
1: when they're related to us. I can't. I'm, I'm done, so I don't know what to do. It's not very friendly of me, I know. I've tried. How old am I? Don't say. But I've been around the planet. I'm just, I need to be quiet. Okay. But as I'm quiet, I'm still keeping the faith and keeping my heart open and knowing that we can just create our circle of friends and that circle will get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yes. And the love will transcend all of that. Right. All right, I have nothing else to say. You wanna wrap it up? Wrap it up nicely with a bow.
0: Temper tantrums, be a good host. Try Try and listen. And if that doesn't work, walk away. But remember how you become friends in the first place. You meet by chance. You discuss something completely inane. And then you realize that there might be something deeper here. And you know, you exchange information or you see them every day on the playground. And then you slowly but surely become friends because of shared interests and shared experiences. So work on that. Work on being a good host for starters. And a good host knows when to bounce people out the house, but a good host also knows how to make people who want to be there welcome
1: an ideal world. I'm going to go watch The Squirrels. Okay, go watch The Squirrels. Okay. All right, friends, we'll talk next week. Be well. Bye.